Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. Can you be a Christian and a Jew at the same time? What part do the Jews play in the end of time, in the second coming of Christ? Are Jewish people coming to faith in Christ? We're going to talk about all these issues today, and I want to invite and welcome you, uh, Tom Berkowitz, a Christian Jew and a part of a ministry that brings Jews to Christ. And so welcome, Tom, to our show. Thank you. Thank First, you for having me. We always like to ask, how did you become a Christian? So if you could put that in a nutshell. Well, I'll, I'll make the three-minute or less version. Sure. If they want to know the full testimony, they can go to ifoundshalom.com, and they can find the testimonies of 80 to 100 different Jews from all walks of life who became followers of Jesus the Messiah. Okay, what happened to you? Well, the day was April 8th, 1967. It was a day that uh, was one of those beautiful April days, sun shining, and my father and I got in an argument, and I ran out of the house. My brother screamed for me to come back in. When I came back in, my dad was laying on the floor, and when I turned him over, he died in my arms. Oh my. And I shouted out, forgive me, forgive me. And we had to sit there in that pain until the sun went down, because it was a Saturday and it was a Sabbath, until we could meet the rabbi. And the rabbi seemed pretty harsh towards us. All of a sudden, now I think he said, you want to be Jews? Remember, I was 17 years old, distraught. He was more concerned about us not being uh, practicing Jews than uh, anything else. And I cursed him and the God he served. And I went storming out of there. I ended up uh, at Augsburg College uh, so I could play football. I could go to college, which I promised my father, and I could, I could uh, um, live at home. I didn't end up living at home, but I did go to Augsburg College. And it was the first time I remember meeting a Christian who was who he said he was, and he walked uh, the line. I met my wife there. She's a good Lutheran girl uh, from southwestern Minnesota, raised in a real uh, strong family. Uh And uh, we ended up getting married uh, right the day after I graduated. And I tried my best to lead her away from the Lord because I wanted no part of Christianity. That was the the religion of the enemy. I remember all the times of anti-Semitism, and most of it was from Lutherans and Catholics. Okay. And so I wanted no part of it. But when I turned 29 years old, my college roommate, my drinking buddy, became a born-again Christian. And that started a dialogue between he and I. I wanted to choke him. Because my caricature of a Christian up until that time was either you're um, old, weak, a woman, or a pastor, or a kid. Who else would want to be one? Uh-huh. 
<laughs> but here, this guy was an all-American hockey player, successful businessman, so he broke every caricature. So I went out and bought a Bible, and I started reading. When I opened up the New Testament, I figured Jesus is the central part. I went to Augsburg, so I had a Bible class there. I had two of them, in fact. Uh, mandatory. So I open up the book to Matthew, and in Matthew 1 it says, this is the uh, testimony of Jesus the Messiah, son of David, son of Abraham. Those are our people. Yes. So I started reading uh, the Gospels, and I'm very intense, so I ended up reading them at least 50 times. Wow. And that's all I did was read the Gospels. I didn't care about the rest, because if Jesus wasn't who he said he was, everything else is irrelevant. Okay. So one day, I wandered into the book of Romans, oh, and I yeah. came to Romans 5.8, and Paul wrote, but God demonstrates his love for you in this. While you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. I read that. Tom, while you were still not performing up to expectation, Messiah died for you. I was the firstborn son of a Jewish man. I was expected to perform and I never performed up to expectation, and love was based on my performance, and partly because I kept moving the carrot. Uh -huh. okay. So I became a Christian, a believer and, and after that. Just by reading the Bible mainly? Yes. Wow. I didn't care what anybody else said. All right. Uh, so did your wife jump up and down, or how did she handle this? No, she, uh, she was firm in her... Um, in her walk, she had started going back to a, a national Bible study, okay. studying John. That drove me nuts. We had a, a little girl, and she wanted to raise her in the faith, and I didn't want to raise her in the, in the so religion of the enemy. So she must have been pretty happy when you converted. Yeah, she didn't quite know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> she had me. We went to a Lutheran church on the corner. It didn't matter to me. Uh, and I wasn't ready for them, and they weren't ready for me. Okay. So there was a great intensity. I was in four or five Bible studies. I ran a business. I didn't sleep much. I read the, um, the Word. But I did something. I have brothers that are 19 months younger. They're twins. Okay. So I figured i got to share this with them. Yeah, I want to hear this. So I went to the first one. I went to Bill, and I bought a Bible, and I said, Bill, I found that Jesus is the Messiah, and I want to share this with you. I want to give you this Bible. And he got so mad, I had to wipe the spit off my face. He was just vehement about it. So I said, okay, I'll go to Bob. So I went to, and I went to Bob right away before Bill could call him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so I went to Bob, and Bob looked at me, and he slammed his fist on the table. He said, I hate Christians, Tom. I hate them. Don't ever bring this up to me again. So that was my introduction to Jewish Evangelism 101. Wow. Did they ever come to know the Lord? That's a great question. Ten years later, I, get, uh, I, I have a relationship with them, and we kept going. It was, you know, I was at a lot of the um, family functions. I'd be the, uh, Bob would pick on the egg me into a fight. One day my nephew was sitting with us when he did one of his tirades and he got up and left and my nephew looked at me and said, I can't believe that. Whatever wow. happened. Wow. That's the kind of venom that he yeah. had. Yeah, yeah. But Bill called me up. You know, we keep in touch. And he said, you know that Bible you were going to give me? I'll take it now. 
So I went to him and we had lunch and I said, I'm curious, why now? And he said, well, I've been watching you these 10 years. You're not the same brother I grew up with. Mm. There must be something there. Wow. And Bill read and then he asked me uh, to pray with him uh, a month later after he read and, and, and after I gave him the Bible and he became a believer. He did. And his wife ended up divorcing him. Oh. She said, why would you do anything oh. so incredibly stupid? Wow. And then six years later, I get a phone call out of the blue from Bob. This is the other brother. The other brother. Okay. The vehement one. Yes. And Bob says, if you have that Bible, I'll read it now. So, of course, I didn't have the Bible. I went out and bought one. I drove up to his house. <laughs> I went up to his bedroom. And my brother Bob uh, probably had an IQ of a genius, but he just never put it together. He was driving school truck, not that there's anything wrong with it, but it was really underneath what his capabilities were. And so I asked him, I said, Bob, you got to help me through this. Why now? Because he and I had just been in an argument uh -huh. two days before, okay. and I told him he couldn't do what he wanted. He wanted to pull the plug on my mother, who was on a respirator, and my sister had the power of attorney for that. And and he was all over her and I made him stop. I just said, this isn't going to happen. So two days later, I get this call. So I'm thinking it's going to be the same thing. Uh -huh. He said, well, Tommy, let me tell you. I'm driving in my truck and I'm scanning the radios. He talks real rough, but he's an extremely bright man. And he said, uh, I'm driving my truck, I'm scanning the radio and I hear this Christian radio station. And it's Jesus talking to Peter. I don't know who the hell Peter is. I'll use his language, forgive me. <laughs> That's right. He said, but he, I think he was his number one in, after him, his number one guy. And he was, telling, he was telling Peter had betrayed him or something, and Jesus was forgiving him. I'd have killed the bastard, is what he said. <laughs> and I'm looking at him, and he he said, I want you to know something first. Jesus is a Jew, Tom. I said, well, thanks for that information, Bob. <laughs> I had no clue. <laughs> I said, but what happened? Then he said, I went home and I started looking in the mirror. I was thinking about what was said and I started looking in the mirror. And you know something? If you don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, what you're really saying is that you're God. And when I looked in the mirror, I saw I was a lousy God. Oh, my. And he turned to me and said, what do I have to do to be saved? Really? Yeah. Wonderful. So he put that together. And he was, wow. and my mother was in a coma. He grabbed the Bible I gave him. Oh. That night he went down and read the Psalms to her, read the whole Bible and the Psalms to her. And he said, uh, asked her to forgive him for being a bad son. And Great. So I didn't know that. See, I knew everybody, his mother, Alice, went to my church. And I visited her with communion in her last days. I never heard that story. Yeah. Wonderful. When my mother was sick one time before, Roger Carlson, who was your the other predecessor, yeah. uh, he, uh, he came in and asked if we could uh, pray together. And my brother Bob says, get out of here. Nobody wants to pray. So you saw a transformed <laughs> oh, isn't life. isn't that great? And that's been the, 
ministry that I've dedicated myself for right. 38 years. Let me, let me just drill you with some questions. Somebody says, okay, you're, you've become a Christian, so you're not a Jew anymore. What would you say to that? Well, can you be Jewish and a Christian? Is it what your question That's is? That's right, yeah. My question is, can you be a Gentile and a Christian? All the first believers were Jews. All of them were. In fact, Acts 10 is the first we hear of one who wasn't. Amen. And that was Cornelius. So you can definitely be a Christian right. and a Jew, because all, all the 12 apostles were Jews. Right. Yeah. Um, so how would you define Jew then? What is a Jew? If you, can, if you can be Christian and Jewish, how do you define a Jew? Well, a Jew is, first of all, genetic. They have the bloodline of Abraham. Okay. God made a covenant with Abraham. We can go back to Genesis 12. Okay. Through his descendants, he's going to bless the entire world. Okay. And we know through his uh, great-grandchild, uh, Judah, was going to come the Messiah. And we learn okay. more and more that it's going to be uh, David. Okay. And it's going to be and then David David's line. Yeah. So, all right, a few more questions then. Uh, what time? The, if, you know, there's been a lot of anti-Semitism in, in world history up to today, and um, it sounded like that really turned you and your brothers and your dad off to Christ. When you're witnessing to a Jew because of that evil anti-Semitism, is there any special things you need to do when you're witnessing to a Jew that might be different from witnessing to other people? Well, let me just tell a story, if I could, real sure, quick. you go right ahead. We were uh, at a neighborhood uh, gathering, and this was, invite all your neighbors in, assuming they weren't believers. Mm -hmm. And we can have a talk on w different world views, and we'll do this over a three-week period, one night e each week, and then uh, at the end, the guy who organized it, I can give you the Christian worldview. Well, they had a Jew that came there who was secular, and he was killing them. He asked one question after another, and when he got stuck, he'd throw out the Holocaust. And I, pro I didn't want to be there, but my wife wanted us there, okay. so I kept my mouth shut until I just couldn't take it anymore. So I finally, I said, can I ask you a question? He said, sure. I said, do you believe in the God of our forefathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and J Jacob? And he said, absolutely not. And I said, interesting, what makes you a Jew then? He said, because my mother was a Jew, my grandmother was a Jew, my great-grandmother was a Jew, and so on down the line. I said, that's interesting, because you just made the case that God is real. What other people have lost their land and their language for 2,000 years through the Romans burning the temple in 132, killing all the Jews around, the, the Crusades, the Spanish Inquisition, the pogroms, and the Holocaust, and still remain a distinct people. One or two or three generations, they're gone. Yeah. No language, dispersed from your land, mm -hmm. they're gone. But God made a promise to our father Abraham and because he made that promise, and he's faithful to that promise, you can say you're a Jew today. Mm, so if I was you, buddy, did, I would did think ever, about Did he come to Christ here? No, we sat and okay. talked for All a while. Right. It's no. not. And let me ask you this, though. Are you, are the, I mean, is it true that most American Jews are not practicing Jews? Is that true? Well, most Jews in the uh, world 
probably 60, 65% are secular. Yeah. So they but are, they do keep Passover and some of the right. whole, their Jewish identity. Okay, okay. And then, because you're part of a group that, what's, what's the name of the group? Um, Chosen People Ministry? Yeah, I'm not an uh, active member, but I support them, okay. their and friends. That's a group that evangelizes the Jews. Right. Are, are they saying many Jews come to Christ? Yes. They are. Tom, on June 6th of this year, just a couple weeks ago, uh, it was Jerusalem Day. It marked the um, when Israel marched into the old city yeah. and took over uh, Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. 1937, huh? No, yeah. 1967. Six, oh, oh, yeah. Okay, gotcha. The, the Six-Day okay. War. Yeah. It was the first time in probably 2,200 years that Jerusalem was under Israeli Jewish control again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Since that time, at that time, there was maybe a handful of Jews that believed in Jesus mm -hmm. that lived in Israel. Now it's growing. Oh, good. Now it's, it's by some accounts, 15 to 20,000. There's 120, 30 congregations, churches, wow. but they're called congregations. Wow. And they're moving. They're in all parts of society. Great. And worldwide, the same thing is happening. Well, you know, and Tom, tell me if you agree with this. The way I read Romans chapters 9, 10, and 11, Paul talks about how, uh, you know, Christ came, but the Jews rejected him mainly, and then the Jews, uh, Gentiles accepted Christ mainly. But then it's gonna, there's going to be a turnaround before the second coming, and a lot of Jews are going to come to Christ before the second coming of Christ. Do you understand it that way? Yeah, I, I do understand it, but I understand it even more. Okay. The church has a moral and ethical uh, um, mandate from God himself to provoke the Jewish people the godly jealousy, to come full that's circle. That's Romans 9, is that? that yeah, that's 11. Oh, yeah. 11, okay, there you it's go. It's all three of them. Think about this. The early believers, Jewish believers, gave up their, their wealth, their reputations, sometimes their families, their position in the community to share the truth of Jesus, the good news to Jesus, mm -hmm. to the Gentiles. And since the Council of Nicaea in the 4th century, 325, all the church has done is give them the back of their hand. Okay. It will come a day that believing Christian, Gentile Christians, will reach out to the Jews with a sacrificial love equal to what the early Jews did to the Gentiles. And Israel will be provoked by that love and all Israel will be saved. That's Romans 11. There you go. So, you know, there, if you have a Jewish friend, pray for them. And, you know, and, as far as um, uh, the question we, we talked about before with the camera started rolling, um, are, uh, what, what does a Jew do with Jesus? And that was the question that you said we should talk about. What does a Jew do with Jesus? If they're going to have an intimate walk with God, sooner or later you're confronted with all the prophetic uh, scriptures Isaiah about 53. the Messiah. And Psalm the way re religious Jews would see it is he's going to come back as a king. They still, still, the religious Jews still believe there oh, is going to be a king. Oh, absolutely. 
the Messiah is going to come back as the king. But Jesus was both priest and king. Psalm 110, out of Malki Zadok, he was both a, a priest and a king. Okay. A priestly duty is a mediator between God and and people. Mm -hmm. So Jesus, how do you how do you uh, atone for your sins? Yeah, you need a savior. Yeah, and nobody can keep the law anymore. Yeah. seventy eight percent of it can't be kept because yeah. the temple is destroyed. It's gone. You can't so do an animal sacrifice. So you need Jesus as a priest. That's why John the Baptist sent his disciples and asked Jesus, "Are you the coming one?" In the Hebrew, it would be, "Are you the Haba?" Uh huh. In other words, are you really the Messiah? Where's the kingship? Yeah. And what does Jesus say? Well, the blind are healed, the deaf can hear, the shackles are free, uh, the prisoners are set free. And what he said, I am doing it. Mm -hmm. These are, you can't, you got to look at the total. The signs of the scope. Messiah are yeah. here. Yeah. They're both here. But he is going to come back. Okay. And, and he's coming back as a, as a king. And, and do not secular Jews, but do practicing Jews, if you ask them, who is Jesus, would they say he's a prophet or would they not go that route? Well, I mean, that's a broad brush question. A lot of them yeah. would call him Yeshu, which I mean, is Muhammad a derogatory. thought Jesus yeah. was a prophet. It was a, a derogatory term. Um, it, it's all across. But w today in the secular reading in the synagogues, they, and they read the Torah through in a year, and they half Torah, uh, the prophets, and the rest of it uh, through. They never read from Isaiah 52.13 through Isaiah 53.12. Yeah. And a lot of times, tell them to read it. Yeah. To me, the most powerful Old Testament prophecies of Christ are Isaiah 53, Psalm 22. Those were, those were big ones. Mm -hmm. um, well, you know, let's, we've got just a few minutes left here. I want to real quickly say what, something else you're involved in. You're involved in, uh, well, first of all, ifoundshalom.com. If you want to see Jewish testimonies of how they came to believe in Christ, there you go, ifoundshalom.com. And this is really powerful because over 10 million people have already come onto that site and watched Great. it. But they also have one site in Hebrew, and over a million people have viewed the Hebrew site. How many people speak Hebrew? Well, and I want to tell you, I was a roommate to a secular Jew from New York during college, and we were good friends, and you, you would never think he would come to Christ. And to my knowledge, he still hasn't. But uh, one of the last times I talked to him, you know, I said, well, you know, Hal, I'm still praying for your salvation. And he said something like, well, stranger things have happened. First time I've ever seen a little crack in the door. <laughs> so you never know. Um, and also you're part of something nationally called the Community Bible Study. What is that? Community Bible Study is an interdenominational study that's mission statement is transform lives through the Word of God. And this is all over the country? All, all over the country, all over the world. And in the Twin Cities. And yeah. in Twin Cities. We have a number of classes in the Twin Cities. I've been blessed to be the teaching director at the Edina Evening. Okay. We meet on Mondays. This, we just finished a 30-week study in Isaiah next oh. year, starting in September. We're going to do Daniel for 12 weeks and Revelation for 18 weeks. 
you know, Daniel's a great book. How do you keep kosher in a non-kosher world? <laughs> I mean, and so what is that? What's the website for that? What's that called? Uh, uh, communitybiblestudy.org. So if you need to join a good Bible study in your city, wherever you're at, communitybiblestudy.org. Right. And the beauty of it, in our class in Edina, we have over 50 different churches represented in every denomination you there can you think go. of. That's, that's wonderful. So we're just there to study there the go. Word of God, and we focus on that. Good. Well, listen, Tom, your mom, Alice, would be proud of you. She knew you were a Christian. She knew yeah. that. You, you converted before she yeah. died. Yeah. But isn't that neat? Well, any, everybody, just thanks so much for being Thank with you. us, Tom. And again, uh, the, some of the websites are ifoundshalom.com, communitybiblestudy.org. Or isaiah53.com. Isaiah53.com. There you go. And just, we've, uh, there, so there's Tom's uh, uh, websites there. And thanks, Tom, for being here. And just want to close just uh, saying once again, big thank you to those of you that uh, have prayed for this TV ministry, have contributed to this TV ministry. We're now on all over the country. We, for many, many years, it was just Minneapolis. Six years ago, we went national, and now we're on local TV stations. Every time we get more money, we just add another TV station. So I want to say a big thank you to you who see this show. You pray for us, and, and you contribute, and you'll see an address in a minute, or you can uh, support us online at pastorstudy.org, two S's. Also, if you know somebody that needs to see this show about Judaism or some of our other shows. We've done shows on Islam. We've done shows on all kinds of topics. If you go to pastorstudy.org, two S's, all of our TV shows are there. So you just push the button and you can watch this interview that we're doing or all the shows we've done. There's just tons of shows. So pastorstudy.org. Thank you for, for your contributions and for, uh, for praying for us. Again, we're on in, let's just be real quick. We're on nationally on Christian Television Network. We are on locally in Minneapolis, in Wichita, Kansas, in Omaha, Nebraska, in Duluth, in Madison, Wisconsin, in uh, the Quad Cities in Iowa, in Phoenix all of a sudden, we just got on that. Rochester, Minnesota, there's another one. I'm forgetting all of them, but just, th you know, the, the 43 seconds left, but the one thing we have people say is thank you for your show because you take a biblical stand on the moral issues and the current issues because so many churches have caved on abortion, homosexuality. Some churches have caved on whether you even need to believe in Jesus to be saved. And just we get a lot of thank you so much for taking a biblical stand. Thank you so much for praying for us, supporting us financially so we can keep going. Thanks again, Tom. And everybody, we'll see you next time at the Pastor's Study. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.